Hello, Internet! Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Talk Show. My name is Annabelle, and over the next few episodes, you can expect reviews of movies or Korean dramas that I've seen. I'll talk about shows that are trending, and I'll also try to objectively evaluate if they are worth your time. On today's episode, we're graced by the presence of one of my many eloquent friends. It's Tim! Say hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, so the reason why I got you on today is because you're going to talk, be talking about a show that I think I convinced you to watch. Yeah, you did, actually. <laughs> Woohoo! That's right. <laughs> I just did, like, finger guns. Yeah, you, you can't see the finger guns, but she did them. So yeah, uh, today we're going to be talking about the Netflix Korean drama, Kingdom. But before we begin, I just want to advise my listeners that Kingdom is a really, really intense drama. Uh, I don't watch a lot of zombie movies, but if I really have to, I usually watch it for academic purposes. So if you're like me and you don't really like seeing blood or getting stressed out for no reason, uh, maybe you can check out my other more light-hearted recommendations. But anyway, for all the mad men out there who liked him like gore and high adrenaline scenes, what is Kingdom about? So just to give you guys a brief synopsis, Kingdom is a zombie apocalyptic Korean historical drama that's set in the Joseon dynasty. Very eloquent friend. Elo- I'm not the eloquent friend, you see. Oh, uh, fun fact, Joseon is one of the final dynastic kingdoms before it was overthrown by the Korean Empire in 1897. Oh, cool. So you might explain why the title is called Kingdom. Huh. No, I have no clue. Uh, there's also, so in this uh, in this show, there are two parties vying for power. One side is the queen, and she's backed by the Heiwon Cho clan. She's also very pregnant and very young, due to pop anytime. Um, the other side are the scholars who support the crown prince, and he's our protagonist. So basically, the Heiwon Cho clan wants to overtake the royal family, and the crown prince wants to defend his birthright. So in this drama, the emperor has been sick for a very long time and the country is in political um, turmoil. There are rumours going around that the emperor might have caught smallpox and died, but no one can say this because treason! Mm. Yeah, treason. This is the reason. <laughs> treason season. Anyway, um, the crown prince snoops around, finds out that um, there's a physician who used to uh, work in the palace who recently visited the emperor, and so he ventures out to find him in the mountain village of Sangju, and it is full of zombies. So I was speaking to, to someone the other day, and he asked me why he should watch Kingdom. He said he was very reluctant to watch it because he thought it was just like another Korean drama. So do you feel the same way, Tim? Like, do you think that this was just another Korean drama? Yeah, to be honest, before I started watching, I did. Hmm. Uh, I felt like one of those, you know, overhyped trending on Netflix, number one. <laughs> yeah. Kind of things. Yeah, and I, I don't really watch a lot of drama. So when I heard, oh, here's another drama, my impression was like, oh, it's going to be one of those... Your over 9,000 episode long oh my God. Uh, series <laughs> Yeah, and I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised when it wasn't In fact, there were very few episodes I wish there were more Oh, um, yes <laughs> it ended, Yeah, it ended so soon I was like, what? Is this it? <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess another expectation I had was You know, for Korean dramas You've always got this sort of uh, You know, the guy's gonna fall in love with the girl mm. And uh, there's gonna be some will they, won't they And back and forth And crying and stuff But there's none of that It was yeah. great There was Absolutely not. That's not a spoiler, right? Uh, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. There was none of that between the, the two main protagonists at mm. least. And um, I, I think that was kind of great. Yeah. So do you watch a lot of like zombie apocalyptic films? Uh, frankly, no. I do love like the dystopian dystopian future kind of setting. Yeah. Um, so this was a little new for me. Like normally zombies come with like, oh, it's uh, there's a nuclear wasteland or some mm-hmm. science experiment hobby gone wrong. This is like, no, it's a... Uh, You've got your medieval set, which which really drew me because then you don't have like, um, I guess the technological solutions that, 
Is that a plane? It's a plane. <laughs> <laughs> See, technology, yeah. You, you don't have the technological solutions that modern day protagonists would have mm. in their movies. Um, yeah, it's quite a unique... I, I can't really think of many like medieval, zombie-ish kind of movies or maybe I'm just not that well exposed. I mean, you play L4D, right? Yeah, I do, I do. So games, yeah, I play and God doesn't bother me. Jump scares do annoy me but uh-huh. Kingdom... Kingdom at least didn't have too much of this. Mm. Um, yeah, and it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a gratuitous horror fest. La, you know, there was enough action and like blood and guts to tell you, oh yeah, this is a zombie movie. But you don't have like, you know, every scene, someone's eyeball drops up or, or something like that. La. Which you do mm. get in some other zombie genres. Yeah, yeah. I, I found that the, like in general, it was very dark. Like they purposely darkened it a lot and they heightened like, the sound. literally dark. Yeah, yes. literally dark. Like, the screen was black a lot of the time. I remember, like, having to increase the exposure. So, yeah, it's Game of Thrones season 8 all over again. Oh. I actually haven't seen Game of Thrones. What? Okay, because when I wanted to watch it, I've always been busy. And then when I finally got down to watching it, it was when the final season came out and everybody oh. was raving about it. And then when the final episode dropped, everybody was like, don't watch it! Don't watch it! <laughs> like, my friend's housemate came out of his room and he's like, you guys watching Game of Thrones? Then we are like, yeah. And he was like, don't watch it. <laughs> So I kind of stopped after I think season 1, episode 5. Like I dropped it because everybody told me it's not worth it. Like it's building up to oh. something but it just didn't deliver. Yeah, you can just watch it and then fill in the blanks by yourself, you know. Yeah, so. I watched the first episode, I watched the last episode, I'll be like, ah, <laughs> I totally get it. It's something about snow people, right? Snow people, well yeah, yet another zombie genre. Uh, okay. Medieval zombies, yes, that's another one. Okay, so medieval zombies, that, that does it for me. Okay. Sorry, please go on. <laughs> Because I'm a seasoned K-drama watcher, I, I think, um, there are a lot of things that I thought were kind of different in um, Kingdom, like you mentioned just now. Like, the format is actually very different. So, you mentioned just now that you thought there would be like 9,000 of episodes. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's Taiwanese drama. Uh, <laughs> no, like, um, but Korean dramas usually last about like 24, 16 episodes. Um, Kingdom only has two seasons of six, ep- uh, six episodes each. So, that, that's quite new because prior to this, um, number one, Korean dramas don't really run for two seasons. Seasons. And number two, they run for more than six episodes. Six episodes is kind of like a web drama kind of format. So that was interesting. I, I kind of, I kind of like that. Like it felt like it was bold enough to end it when it was right, and mm. not like drag it on for the sake of I don't know attracting more viewers or just keeping you hooked. You know, it's like I've got a story to tell and I'm gonna tell it. Yeah. And now I'm done. That's <laughs> it, you know? But I thought that the last episode of season one was a bit cliffhangery. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not too sure about your whole commercial argument. Yeah, okay, they, they, they kind of, they, they stuck it until like the last episode of both seasons. Mm. Those annoyed me a little bit. I feel that like there are many other dramas that don't do it as well. In fact, they do it worse. It's like the characters have already gotten together and then they're like, no, we're going to push for more. <laughs> so that's cool. I, I totally get you. Another thing that I noticed as well from watching a lot of Korean dramas and doing analysis of, um, well, Korea in general, is that um, this is probably one of the first zombie TV dramas ever produced in South Korea. So um, the zombie genre takes up a lot of manpower, a lot of budget, because you need to hire um, a lot of choreographers, you need to hire a lot of extras, and those who have seen Kingdom would know, like, the hordes of people who come swarming in are really, like, massive. Like, sometimes I don't really know if it's um, visual effects. Yeah, th- th- that's what I wanted to ask you about, actually. So, mm. like, in these um, zombie movies, typically the zombies aren't CGI? Mm, 
typically they kind of are like most of them like okay so so for example have you seen like those Chinese period dramas where they're all in the palace and there are a lot of soldiers so uh, usually they will fill up about two to three rows of extras and then CGI the rest because you can't see their face anyway oh I see okay. yeah and for zombies to be honest I'm not too sure because I feel like zombies are a lot less uniform like those scenes are kind of like those war you know war scenes it's like a bit mm. more uniform at a certain point everything is blur <laughs> so it yeah, doesn't yeah, really matter yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but okay, maybe there might have been CGI. I'm not too sure, and I can't tell because I, I don't do CGI. <laughs> oh, okay. But that's a good question. I didn't actually think about that. I actually thought they hired like 5,000 5, extras to like, uh, around. <laughs> yeah, I think the only horror genre Korean dramas that I've seen kind of do a very light take on the horror, and they usually focus on like spirits, on the Grim Reaper. I don't think I've even seen many vampire ones. And even even if they do that, they focus a lot on the romance aspect anyway. So, but of course, this all this information, especially about the whole zombie genre thing, um, is really at my time of research in twenty nineteen. I believe that in time to come, more and more zombie apocalyptic um, K dramas will appear. Please, so please don't fight me, or maybe do. It'd be nice to know that people are listening to what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I was studying about horror films back in uni, I read that the horror genre is actually commonly used as a way to bypass censorship laws, especially in dishing political and social critique. And I thought this was uh, kind of an interesting point to raise for Kingdom because career censorship is very lax. Like They really encourage a lot of creative freedom. Uh, of course, within a certain amount of um, social paradigms, um, you cannot, um, I guess, criticize too harshly certain um, key figures in um, society. So wait, really? In like in in dramas or in shows or yeah. So like um, okay, so Korea is quite famous for um, I guess calling out on the upper class. So if you've yeah. seen Parasite, um, if you've seen other K dramas, like uh, okay, for my listeners, like the K two or Itaewon class as well, um, they talk about how like the government or the higher class have uh, a hold in society. So like um, the Chebo class, which is the higher class, um, they have a lot of money and they get to get away with a lot of things. So they get out of um, jail after two years, even though they caused many people to die from like um, water poisoning. Um, yeah, that sort of things. So yeah, Kingdom also discusses a lot about, um, I guess, social class and wealth disparity. I won't go into like all the specific times they do, but one thing that stood out to me was like the camera work and editing, where they cut between um the city of Sangju, which is the one in the mountain, versus Hanyang. Hanyang is the capital city where um, the palace is. This drama creates a very stark parallel between poverty and wealth because the people living in Hanyang really don't know what's happening. They don't even know the zombies are coming. Um, so that, that kind of stands out to me. Yeah, no, it, it definitely did. Um, there were many, many different ways, I think. You know, mm. yes. The point is because it's a period drama and because such stark inequalities were really juxtaposed at the time you can get away with it it doesn't look too like mm. oh yeah they're obviously doing a social commentary it's just like no okay this is what people in the past used to do mm. and it makes you think wow how outdated that was what a good thing we don't oh wait a minute you know? <laughs> um, what a good thing we don't yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, or the same goes for you know there's a scene where the, I mean no spoilers I think but like the, the queen's clothes are just a little dirty mm. and she just tells people oh burn them you know, and yeah. you can see that the person has been burning clothes for a while. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and these are like, in the meantime, we've got peasants who are wearing like rags or like muddy clothes and stuff like mm. that. Um, yeah, and it shows that inequality sort of kind of goes beyond the material as well, but to 
sort of like meta level concerns as well the things that people mm. are worried about yeah. also at a certain point you see people's deference to authority uh, which they show as like this you know it's put on a pedestal in kingdom they show yeah. the deference to authority just like snapping and like you know what screw all this tradition screw uh, mm. my belief so what if I die I need to provide for my family first so I need to uh, get some water first it mm. doesn't matter you can punish me all you want yeah that sort of thing so it does it does show show in this show yeah <laughs> <laughs> eloquent <laughs> I catch myself doing that a lot too um, yeah you raise a you raise a very good point and I feel like we're going to cover this even more in depth during this podcast so all right. yeah let's leave a bit for the end um, yeah, so another thing that stood out for me was, I guess, the notion of power. So the crown prince is, he's like the, the natural heir to the throne, but um, he kind of grows into the role. He takes on not just the, the title, but he takes on like the responsibilities as well. He puts himself, himself at risk a lot of the times, uh, which I thought was quite interesting because um, it really uh, make, puts him in a very nice light. Whereas for the queen, you kind of see her and, and her father doing everything they can to get unparalleled power. I, I find it interesting that the, the show um, compared them so starkly, um, especially because um, I guess... I'm, I'm not sure if I would go so far as to say the scriptwriter um, was inspired by through, by, by through, by true events. Uh, but uh, Kingdom was actually created around the time when Korea was facing some political instability in, uh, in terms of their, I guess, the president. Uh, pres- yeah, the president was undergoing some investigations for um, certain things that um, she was accused of. So social critique and uh, approval ratings are very important in Korea. And during that time, her approval ratings kind of just plummeted. And after all, people were petitioning for her to be removed. I feel like the desire for sound leadership among um, the villagers in Kingdom was kind of reflected in um, the social situation in Korea as well. No, I I do think that's pretty interesting that you bring that out because, um, and now that you mention it, I think it's not as, you know, again, on the nose as you might see in say a western series where they directly name the person or they parody the person but they're like oh no i'm definitely not talking about anyone ha 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 right yeah this one if you if you were to watch as an outside viewer with no idea what was going on in korea mm. in present day korea um you wouldn't see it i guess but now they bring that out i'm like yeah it, it makes sense uh, and also you know that the power dynamics here again because it's like in medieval times right mm. it's sort of lend certain figures a disproportionate amount of power and authority you can get away with anything mm. even though the person has obviously done something horrifically wrong mm. uh, all they need to do is like flash the royal identity card or like mm. you know, dress up as a as a magistrate or as some table yep. yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> and and like they get away with this scot free because it's like oh you know I am naturally better than you and my status gives me this sort of immunity yeah and and people just follow them blindly even even though the results are clearly going to go horribly mm. you know so yeah. yeah power power I think that's a big thing mm. so yeah I, I don't want to get too much into the gritty details because I feel like if we explore too much we're going to end up spoiling kingdom for the listeners yeah. uh, but the I final might. thought that I do have is that I guess currently we're living in a very um, ex- extraordinary times. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Unusual times. times, yes. Uh, and watching this zombie apocalypse horror genre during this time, when we're all stuck at home, makes me realise that there are a lot of similarities. So, um, well, one of the examples that I thought of was Shaun of the Dead. Have you seen it? Yeah, I have. Oh, Shaun of the Dead is so good. Good stuff. 
Yeah. Connector Trilogy. Ah, it. yes! I love Edgar Wright. He was my favourite director for a long time. And I think he, he did Baby Driver. Then I was a bit disappointed. Oh. Oh, that was him? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Disappointment. No, what what is the third film in the Connetto trilogy? I forget. Uh The World's End. The World's End, right. Yes. I haven't seen that one. It's all about apocalypse and people dying, lots of blood. Uh but yeah, so why I was uh, reminded of Sean the Dead was well because zombies, but also because um the characters played by Simon Simon Pegg and <laughs> and Nick Frost. <laughs> They did like a parody a few days into the coronavirus um, stay home notice thing, and um, they were basically doing a parody of this one scene. So this is not a spoiler, but um, in Shaun of the Dead, there's one scene where the characters are watching the news and the local governor uh, held a press conference telling everyone not to go out, to stay home, and wait for everything to blow over. And <laughs> and at that point, he was like, okay, so what's the plan? We're going to go to mom's, we're going to go to girlfriend's, we're going to go to the bar, get, grab a pint and wait for all this to blow over. Eventually, like, Simon Peck and Nick Frost do, like, in the parody, they were like, oh, shall we, shall we grab, shall we grab mom? And he was like, no, stay home. Like, don't listen <laughs> to our advice in Shaun of the Dead, stay home. And it's very similar to real life because, um, I guess in Singapore, um, our prime minister and the local press had also released many statements telling us not to panic, don't buy so many things, you know, you don't need that many news- newspaper newspapers, you don't need that many toilet papers. You need uh, newspaper, you know? <laughs> buy newspaper. <laughs> yeah, buy newspaper. Stay home. Oh, um, so <laughs> it was a very real experience for me because I actually watched Shaun of the Dead. I rewatched Shaun of the Dead a few days into the whole um, oh. lockdown. Yeah, my sister was asking me for something to watch. She had recently seen the platform and she was like, "Do you know anything else that's gory?" And I was like, "Oh, Shaun of the Dead." So yeah, like the characters in Shaun of the Dead seem to dis- uh, demonstrate a lot of distrust towards the government and they completely defy orders. And we see that again in Kingdom. Although not as overtly, um, but people do seem to create their own understandings of the issue and they decide what to do based on their own needs. This is really early into season one. There were many, many zombies and the healthy people were trying to flee from them because they had just experienced this um, flock. What do you call a, f- a, a group of zombies? A flock of zombies. <laughs> yeah, a herd of... A, a, bevy, a horde, a horde. A horde, horde of zombies. zombies. There, that's why oh, you're gosh, smarter than me. A flock of zombies. <laughs> you can fly now? So yeah, there was like a horde of zombies and uh, every, all the he- healthy people were struggling to get away from them. Uh, and then they reached, like I guess, the border of Sangju or something like that and they were trying to get past the walls uh, so that they can close the doors and everybody will be safe. But the, the governor, he ordered the soldiers to kind of close close it regardless of whether there are healthy people outside. And the scene just showed him and all the soldiers cowering behind uh, that that wall. And they were like, it's okay, the people are screaming, but it's okay, you know, just just don't don't hear it. There was also like this other scene where there was like this upper class uh, there were upper class people who demanded a noble class funeral for their noble children and they said that they cannot be burnt together with the commoners even though um, the characters who have seen the zombie attack knew that they had to burn the bodies immediately. Uh, mm. And this eventually creates more problems with um, the whole containment of the zombies. Mm. Like when we as audiences watch the horror dramas and films, we tend to put ourselves in the shoes of the protagonist and um, well, I term this as the protagonist syndrome. I don't know if it's a real thing. It's just something I created. Uh, <laughs> yay, me. Um, but we always think that we are not the ones who are going to run off on our own. We always think that we are not the ones who are going to be closing the door on our friends when we manage to escape the monster. Mm. 
Any thoughts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a very good point what you brought up. Everyone thinks they're gonna be the hero. Mm. Um, but the truth is, I think in real life, as with in movies, there can only be one protagonist, right? Or like, oh. <laughs> the protagonists are the minority, and the majority are gonna be the so-called stupid people running around. And in fact, I think no one's a true protagonist. You know, most people have some aspects of that. Yeah, we all aspire to be the Ubermensch, right? The, the perfect person. Mm. Um, but in reality, everyone is like a side character in someone else's story. Uh, you know, no one's perfect. Everyone's guilty of doing something dumb, dumb or dumbish of desperation. And I think it comes through in many ways in today's crisis. Um, you know, the first thing that when you were talking about the um, the nobleman and the zombie attack, I, you know, just now you asked me what, what, what shows I'd seen, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, so again, I'm going back to Game of Thrones again because it's, I see so many similarities in uh, so in Game of Thrones, uh, the White Walkers, the zombies, are sort of like a, uh, some people see them as like a symbol or a parallel for climate change, right? Mm. And everyone's ignoring the real threat of these zombies because they're too busy fighting over insignificant politics who sits on an uncomfortable chair yeah. um, in the middle of who knows where, right? Mm, and so yeah. the, the same thing happens here, right? People are too busy uh, trying to... Is this a spoiler? People are too busy fighting over the throne yeah. and trying to hold on to power to care about the fact that, you know, there are these very real zombies that could, even to the point where, I won't say who, but certain characters are like, oh, you know, I'd rather let the zombies eat everybody, including myself, than give up power for one minute. Oh, damn. Was that a spoiler? In Game of Thrones or? No, no, no. In, in Kingdom. Kingdom. Oh, I thought this was Game of Thrones. I was like, that was very similar to what I've seen. <laughs> also in Game of Thrones. Oh, really? There's something about that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, and in real life, too, I mean, uh, again, I won't say who, but, you know, national crises, and let, let, let's not just say Singapore, but around the world, are right, often seen as a way for governments to legitimize their power, yeah. um, you know, call elections or to, like, discredit their opponents, even to the point of ignoring some medical advice. Um, mm. You know, you discredit them just to show that, oh, yeah, I'm in charge here, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and you, you see that quite clearly in Kingdom as well. Mm. Um, I guess the other one you you mentioned about protagonist syndrome, uh, it's like we recently had this whole bubble tea buying, panic buying thing, right? And mm. a lot of people point out that these are the same people who uh, just a few weeks prior were like, ha, ah, look at these stupid people lining up at NTUC. Yeah. Uh, why you think it's going to close? You know, or the people chowing for one last 4D. Yeah, the truth is that it's very easy to be moral mm. when our... Pyramid of needs, Maslow's hierarchy. You, mm. you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Where well, the pyramid of needs is all met, right? But when you're in a crisis situation, and fight or flight kicks in, that's when the real, real character shines through, la, I think, and mm. everyone is given this opportunity to turn and run and care for themselves. Or you, you see the worst of people and the best of people coming out uh, at the same time, as you do in Kingdom as well. I mm. think, um, you know, people who are supposed to be who everyone looked up to up till that moment. Yep suddenly fall short just because or not just because but because the situation has turned so bad so it really is worth reflecting what exactly uh, you know our self-image is and and I guess these trying times are a good test of what our character really is as well uh. mm. yeah does it make sense yeah um, though I do have a question though so mm. do you think that um, I guess like how do you how do you classify the behavior of people who kind of um don't really listen to their own advice 
like do you think it's a lapse in judgment or do you think it's more of like a just complete oblivion of the severity of the issue okay i don't mean to like bash anybody but i'm just it's just a general wondering like do you think that this is a lack of um i guess experience or education or do you think it's just um i guess the environment that caused um, them to have a misconceived um, perception no i think it's a very human phenomenon Mm. um Everyone loves the rules until you find yourself on the other side of the law, yeah. right? And then suddenly you're like, oh, wait, no, this is such a stupid rule. Clearly, I had a great reason for doing this. Why can't you understand? Whereas yeah. five minutes ago, you, if I showed you that case, you'd be like, oh, yeah, why can't you just listen to, <laughs> to the rules, right? And we yeah. see all these people who are like, oh, he breached stay home notice 30 minutes before he was supposed to. Mm. Uh, don't ever say, oh, so, so, so stupid, so stupid. But then, you know, if you're asked to stay indoors all the time, yeah. you're like, ah, you know, maybe just this once wouldn't hurt. So it's different when you're living it yourself. And the, the reason for that is just because humans are by nature selfish people. Yeah. So you side with the social contract until it no longer benefits you. Mm. At which point you try your best to push back against it and like blur the edges so that you can still be accommodated under it. And I guess that's what we're seeing here as well. I mean, this is this is something that I've seen, not just in this crisis, so in the, in the army as well, right? Yeah. When we did this whole, uh, oh, if you're stranded in the, in the forest, uh, you work together, you can survive, you mm. ration this out, you share your things, it'll be okay. When we put people through that scenario, you know, for the first few days when people, there's still enough food, yeah. people are happy to cooperate and everything. But once things start running low, then people start to, start to turn and question like, what if, you know, oh, what if, you know, maybe I just skirt this a little bit what if I save some hot some for myself mm. uh, no one's gonna miss it you know and like do I really need to care about friendship and teamwork in a time like this I, right. who cares about the rest of the world when I am suffering right, right? Mm. because if, if I'm dead it doesn't matter if the world is is like suffering. happy and surviving yeah. right I'm dead and I won't be around to see it right. um, yeah so it just reveals mm. that humans are by nature selfish people and so I guess a protagonist like the one in Kingdom mm. that, that's where you've got to suspend your disbelief a little bit like, because in reality as much as we like to imagine ourselves the hero no one is yeah. no one is is that <laughs> nice you know They're, no one's backstory yeah. is strong enough to withstand a zombie attack <laughs> and yeah and plot armor oh, honestly I mean look if, if I were that dude uh, <laughs> by like the third episode I would uh, have just like run off and and I don't Murdered some peasants and stolen the stuff. I guess who wow. knows. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm not now. I know who I'm not voting for. If this you ever is my come. confession. Tape. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. To be honest, um, like we we always we always see like accounts of um, people like cheering on our frontline workers. So we have the people in medical professions as well as the people in the cleaning services or the service industry. Um, who are all still out there trying to do their best um, for us during this um, difficult time. Um, and yeah, like some people, they kind of just clap for them at 8pm. <laughs> Very specific uh, example. They, they post stuff um, about how we need to um, honour and treasure these people, but turn around, they want their bubble tea and that's that lah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think you, you raised some valid points. Well, overall, I'd say there are still some, it still retains some of its, what I expect from a Korean drama, that you can't think too hard about certain elements. Mm. There are certain plot holes yeah. or like, you know, you, need, you do need to suspend disbelief. Yeah. Overall, I'd still say, you know, even as someone who's not a K-drama fan, 
it really is a very addictive show. <laughs> you know, it, it, it really is, and it's worth a watch. And I think you know this is the season when everyone is starting on a lot of zombie things again yeah. for some strange reason. Tip I started World War Z, that's right. <laughs> so uh, I I would recommend it, yeah. uh, especially during this during this time period. Mm. Yeah. Well, you will recommend it. I will tell my friends don't watch it because like it will make us like overthink things. Oh yeah, okay. No, I, <laughs> I would like to say pair it with something like fun. I guess I tried. I tried watching Kingdom and reading World War Z at the same time, and it was super depressing. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Zombies, right? This the season. Ah yes. Okay, this the season, right? Uh, <laughs> Kingdom's second season dropped in March 2020, so that was very early this year. And then I also read some reviews, however, that said like, oh yeah, season one was better than season two. Fight me. Um, did you feel the same way, like having seen both seasons? Okay, so I'd say that it feels a bit like the... Have you seen Stranger Things? Yes, I have. So in one, right, what they've done is they've created this nice little contained universe and you can focus on each individual character and then the development, and then like you ask a lot of questions about each character, yeah, right? Yeah. And the problem is that, you know, it did so well when they went to season two, now they're realizing, oh, we don't have enough episodes to answer the questions that we raised for every single character. And so now you've got like pick half of them or like just throw some of them aside. Right, um, yes. As we try and build the world bigger and like push it towards this final conclusion, which mm. uh guess it's not a spoiler isn't really a finale conclusion at all so yeah so i i guess it's the it's like the sequel problem right the first one is always <laughs> great because of the world building the yeah. second one has all these expectations to carry yeah you gotta be equal to if not better mm. i do feel that season two's ending dropped the ball though so i personally because i'm not a fan of k-dramas right? yeah, i don't yeah. know who this what's her name uh, uh jun ji hyun <clears throat> yeah, is right so i'm just like it would have been such a great ending if we just stopped it there Right. But no, you have to go on and make a third season. That that's that's my view, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I feel like they now now you're milking it, you know. Yeah. yeah so in that aspect, I'd say that uh, one was better than two. But mm. aside from that, no, I'd say the production quality, um, you know, the action scenes, the mystery, and everything. It's still it's still pretty much on par. Mm. Yeah. So without revealing any spoilers, did you like the way season two ended, as in how it resolved? Ah, ah, okay, okay, like I said, requires a lot of suspension of disbelief. <laughs> I mean, okay, as far as climatic battles go, mm-hmm. that one did it pretty well. Yeah. But they sort of like dug themselves into this hole where they had to magic themselves out of, you know what I mean? Like so, they didn't know how else to... Yeah, it's like, okay, we built up this really great tension and drama mm. and well, the stakes are so high. Yeah. But they're so high that we can't fix it without breaking a few... Rules? rules of nature or physics okay so based on what we know about season two though i know that um we don't like the way they're milking it but based on what we know about season two do you have any um predictions about how season three will go well i mean they they seem to have been following this trend of small big bigger right yeah, yeah. so uh whereas previously you start off mainly in the in the town of sangju yeah, in Samju. Mm. Uh, and then in number two, you sort of expanded throughout Korea. Yeah, yeah. In number three, they towards the end of two, they were talking about China. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I don't know if they're going to try. I don't know if Korean dramas do this, but mm. like, sort of like a cross-border kind of thing. Yeah, feature yeah. some Chinese stars, perhaps. Who knows, right? Oh, wow. Um, that's a good to try and break into the Chinese market. Yeah. Perhaps. I, I yeah. Because Yancy Palace did so well, right? <laughs> Yeah, so something like that. Like, yeah. um, they, they do do that for Korean dramas, right? Like, they feature cameos or, like, 
stars yeah, from actually, other industries. Well, they do. Um, a lot of K-pop stars um, are from China uh, even. So there is mm. that collaboration. Although a few years ago, um, the government in China banned K-pop. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. It sounds like a joke, but it's not. Um, so I'm not too sure like if they would do a collab. They might. But I mean, their stars already... like The, the stars in Korea, are a lot of them are effectively bilingual. And um, we have seen them try to... I guess delve into more international roles. Lack of a better mm-hmm. word, I guess. I guess that's that then. Any last closing words? Should our viewers watch Kingdom or not? <laughs> yes, yes, we'll definitely recommend it. 10 out of 10. Just make sure you have like some anti depressing stuff to counter it. <laughs> Don't because watch it, it at is... night. Yeah, also that, yeah, because there isn't really a happy. Not many happy scenes in this in this show, honestly. Well, they try to have a bit of comic relief, right, with a that bit one and there, guy. Yeah. But yeah, yes. the 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 nurse doesn't even bo- like care about him. She's just yeah. like, can you like get a grip with yes. crisis? <laughs> yeah. Um. Then I guess that's that. So until the next season drops, we are gonna wait on this a bit. So listeners, if you're keen on Catching Kingdom, you can find it on Netflix. The whole of Season 1 and Season 2 are already out and you can binge away. So thanks, Tim, for joining us and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, Raph. <laughs> also, thank you to my listeners for tuning in. If you guys have any movies or shows that you want me to review uh, or convince a friend to watch, you can drop me a tweet or comment on my Instagram and I'll give it a twirl. Till next time. Bye-bye.